0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the B-Roll Podcast. We are the Sci-Fi Wise Guys. My name is Chris. And my name is Anthony. Hello, Anthony. Hey, Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, man, with this wonderful Good. Wednesday
1: afternoon. Is it Wednesday? It is, it is Wednesday. Wednesday. It is Wednesday, my dudes. February 3rd, 2021.
0: 2021. Made it through the first month. Yeah, the second season of 2021. It's pretty interesting the so far. Season. So I just- <laughs> Sure sure the plot twists of the first season are playing out now as it goes that Um, is that is very true that is very true on the b-roll podcast uh what we do is actually watch and review uh, sci-fi and science fiction adjacent films shows series originals mockumentaries documentaries whatever as long as it's science fiction distribute originals. yeah distribute originals we'll watch it hopefully review it speaking of what did we watch
1: We watched the 2020 American science fiction film, The Midnight Sky.
0: The Midnight Sky. This is a uh, George Clooney joint. It is. I think this is George's first experience on the B-roll podcast. (laughs) If that's what you want to call it. Yes. (laughs) Uh, George Clooney, probably the second coolest of all Georges, I'd venture a guess. Oh? Yeah. Who's the coolest George? Uh, George Washington, probably. Well, fair enough. <laughs> I'm not gonna argue against that. <laughs> this is George Clooney's one, two, three, seventh movie that he has directed. He has directed such things as Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, Good Night and Good Luck, Leatherheads, The Ides of March, The Monuments Men, Suburbicon and The Midnight Sky. I'm not gonna go uh into his filmography. I don't think we need to. We, we don't need to, need to, to let the yeah. let the people know who George Clooney is. <laughs> He's done it. Funny fact about George Clooney's filmography. Oh. He didn't make a movie since 2016 as an actor? Yeah, he took a little break. I think he's directed and produced some stuff in the meantime. He was in some television during that time, but uh we're not here to talk about George's filmography. Yeah, you're talking that. about this movie? Yes. The Midnight Sky is a 2020 American science fiction film I based said that. on the 2016 novel Good Morning Midnight by Lily Brooks Dalton. It stars Clooney as a scientist who must ventured through the Arctic Circle to warn off a returning spaceship following a global catastrophe. Felicity Jones, David Oyelowo, Tiffany Boone, Demian Bashir, Kyle Chandler, and Cowlin? Yep. Ka- I guess so. Springall? Sure. Also
1: star. It had a limited theatrical release uh, in December, mm-hmm. and then a week later was released on Netflix.
0: Yes. I have the Netflix blurb.
1: Oh, i'm looking forward to hearing it
0: in the aftermath of a global catastrophe a lone scientist in the arctic races to contact a crew of astronauts with a warning not to return to earth
1: nice that's not bad that's pretty bare bones you have the imdb i do right have on the on the IMDb blurb hit me this post apocalyptic tale follows augustine a lonely scientist in the arctic as he races to stop sully and her fellow astronauts from returning home to a mysterious global catastrophe
0: Mm. i think those are both while yes bare bones accurate yes so it's rare for both of the blurbs that we use to be correct in any way right (laughs) i feel i feel like there's always some added stuff or i feel like we've read some blurbs for completely different movies but yeah
1: it does sometimes feel like netflix and imdb (laughs) are talking about two different things
0: sure As you said, it it did have a limited theatrical release on December 11th, 2020, and then digitally on December 23rd. It was the most watched film on Netflix over its first five days. Netflix later revealed that the film had been seen by 72 million households in its first week. As this is a movie that I, for lack of a better term, picked, uh, I'm going to give you the floor. You can give me your initial thoughts and opinions of this movie, please.
1: Sure. Usually here on the B-roll podcast, we spoil Everything there is to know about a movie, simply because, I don't know, why not? Uh, it's just kind of our style. But for this movie, I actually, I'm going to try to avoid spoilers for now. I'm not going to talk about any any sort of plot beyond okay. what is already available to you in the, uh, in the blurbs. And I'm just going to talk about some facts, if that's okay. Ooh, hit me. So The Midnight Sky on IMDb has a 5.6 star rating, 5.6 out of 10 star rating. The median score of six uh, is sitting on Rotten Tomatoes at 51% rotten, with an audience score of 26%, which is a bit backwards. Normally, we see the low number on the tomato meter and the high number for the audience. So this is turning that on its head. Uh, And it's got a Metacritic score of 58, the user score on Metacritic of 4.5. So mixed reviews, I think is, is fair to say, average, kind of mediocre to mixed reviews, and I got to say, I uh, I disagree. I found the movie quite engaging. I enjoyed the acting. I don't think we need to tell everyone that George Clooney is a great actor. I mean, Felicity Jones is a great actress. The, the little girl that they got to play alongside George Clooney, fantastic. The music is really, really, really good. It's extremely well shot. I enjoyed the, I guess, kind of mystery, the underlying kind of like why. There's not a big mystery. There's not a, a huge, we're trying to figure out and what happened and reverse it or whatever. It's kind of the mystery of character. Like, what are these characters about? Especially mm-hmm. with, around George Clooney's character, Augustine L- Lofstoy, Lofstein, something like that. Lofthouse. Lofthouse. I was I had it on my screen and I scrolled away while I was looking at facts, which, fantastic name, by the way. Dr. Augustine Lofthouse. <laughs> just just really good. And I guess Ethan Peck is just, he's being typecast as younger versions of other well-known actor actors Uh, because he plays young George Clooney in this uh, and he plays young Spock in Star Trek Discovery so that's interesting I I don't think this movie is a masterpiece by any stretch of the means but I think it's it's a solid six and a half okay it's a little on the long side it is a bit of a slow crawl Uh, so if you're looking for like a high-paced action film this is definitely not it Uh, but I definitely think it's worth the watch okay that's my
0: initial opinion all right since you stole the facts from me, what I will do instead- The facts belong to the people, Chris. <laughs> the people. What I will do is also give my initial thoughts, but I'd like to touch on a few of the actors. I think 5.6 over 63,000 ratings is probably a little low. I think six is the number, personally. Uh, okay. That's how I feel. I think it's above average. I do find parts of the plot, not necessarily a, not um, confusing. Because I think that there's there's an intentional mystery. right? And I think 3022 tried to do this a little bit where we don't know what hmm. the disaster is that befalls Earth. We just know that there is a disaster. And I think that this movie does a better job of cultivating that mystery because sure. we don't really know what's going on. We don't know what's happening until like we get to the end of the film. Uh, At the beginning, there's a scene where George Clooney is sitting in front of a computer monitor, and he's watching this model, and you just see these red circles start expanding out, and I even think it says the word uh, radiation on it, Mm. but it doesn't say what caused it, and I think we're getting a shot of North America as these red circles kind of tend to expand out. But I think they did a better job of cultivating the mystery of the disaster, or the catastrophe, whichever one you want to use.
1: What is the difference between a catastrophe and a disaster?
0: I think a catastrophe is a global thing? Uh, catastrophe. Definition. A momentous tragic event raging from extreme misfortune to utter overthrow or ruin. And then disaster is yeah uh a sudden event such as an accident or natural i don't know
1: (laughs) yeah they seem to be uh, i'm sure it's just the english language having different it's a snake
0: chasing its tail pretty much right
1: essentially if y'all know let us know but (laughs) you mentioned felicity jones yes uh pretty fun i have a fun fact about felicity jones i'm glad you brought her up what's your fun fact? she found out that she was pregnant like right before they started filming, or during filming, or something along those lines. Like after she got cast, mm. they rewrote the film for her to be pregnant. Ah, oh, yeah, that is neat. I assumed that <laughs> that her character being pregnant is in the original novel it's based off of, or original story, whatever it is, uh, because of how well it, it fits with everything.
0: I got to admit, I think the only thing I've ever seen her in is Rogue One. Oh really? Like I'm looking over her filmography. And I don't think I've seen any of these movies. Um, like I know the name, but I don't. I don't think I've seen her in anything. So, well, I mean, she's fantastic
1: in Rogue One for sure. Oh yeah. yeah well, yeah. that movie's just really good. Uh, she was in <laughs> the Amazing Spider-Man 2. I mean, who doesn't remember the Amazing didn't Spider-Man? Didn't see it. I 2. didn't watch
0: any of the um, in it. Garfields. Oh, didn't. Uh, yeah. I you know I liked them more than the masses did. I did not see them because I didn't wanna see him. I just don't think I got the opportunity and uh um, gotcha. It's just yeah, I just haven't. I think seen she was him. also I mean, in an episode should. of
1: Doctor Who, which is you know, if you're in an episode of Doctor Who, I'm gonna remember
0: your face. <laughs> David Oyelu, I think, or I'm sorry, Oyelahu, Most famous for playing Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in Selma. He's been in some other stuff, obviously. He was in Jack Reacher. He's one of the villains in Jack Reacher. Spoilers. Yeah, Uh, yeah, because everyone's rushing
1: out to watch those
0: movies. (laughs) (sighs) Kyle Chandler has been in some stuff. He had a really recognizable face. Super 8, Argo, Zero Dark Thirty, Wolf of Wall Street. He's been in a lot of things. Godzilla King of the Monsters. He's been in a lot of stuff. Yep, yep. He was also in King Kong, which is fun. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, Damian uh, Bitcher. Wait, which King Kong? The Jack Black the one King from... Kong.
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I immediately thought of the Skull Island, the most recent <laughs> no. one with the Vietnam troops. And, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Da-
0: Damian Bitcher is also going to be in Godzilla vs Kong with Chandler. Interesting. He was in Machete Kills. I'm sorry, <clears throat> Machete Kills. Machete
1: Kills. Uh, yeah, was uh, he in Machete a... Kills again? No, he plays Marcos the
0: Madman Mendez. I w- he also I played loved that movie. Marco Sorry. the Mexican in the Hateful Eight. So, Do you hmm. think he's typecast? Yeah. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Maybe he's played only two people named Marco, and one's a Marcos.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Tiffany Boone played Maya in this particular film. I haven't seen anything that she was in. No, me neither. She's an episode of Grey's Anatomy. Fair enough. If
1: you're uh, in an episode of Grey's Anatomy, I'm I'm not
0: going <laughs> to remember you. I'm sorry. Sophie Rundle played Jean Sullivan. Uh, she's been in Peaky Blinders, some other stuff. Tim Russ was in this movie. I don't know if you saw him. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, no, I saw uh, his Lieutenant name on the list, but I don't remember seeing him in the movie at all. Lieutenant Commander Tuvok of Star Trek Voyager. He's credited as Mason Mosley, who I think is the guy from the beginning talking to George... As he's getting, re- like, as they're evacuating Earth. Mm. I'm watching it now. Yeah, it's him.
1: Oh, interesting. I didn't realize he was in Voyager. I thought you meant Lieutenant Tuvok from Star Trek. <laughs> what is it? Star Generations? Trek Generations? Yeah. <laughs> I'll start Remember, it was Sixer Generations.
0: <laughs> um, and then, so you mentioned Ethan Peck, who plays yeah. a young George Clooney.
1: They look just different enough that I was like, who is this? Because they don't give George's name, his character's name.
0: For a while. Did you know that he is
1: Gregory Peck's grandson? Did you know? I don't know who Gregory Peck is. Ah.
0: To Kill a Mockingbird? Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. He's been been in a lot of stuff. I don't uh, don't think I've seen
0: that either. I I think he's been dead for a while, but um, 2003, but he's been in a lot of, he was in a lot of movies. But what I was going to ask is, how did you feel about them doing the young actor thing instead of trying to CGI it? Oh, that much better, much better than okay. they did the young
1: actor thing for sure. And I think that you know George Clooney having a, a rather large beard for the film helps mm-hmm. with that that kind of progression. You know, George is only
0: fifty
1: nine. Yeah, fifty nine. So you know, 58, 57 when this is being filmed, he looks much older in this film. And part of that's because he's I guess chronically ill. Yeah. But I Terrible. I didn't get fifty nine. <laughs> I got I got mid late sixties. You know, I got a, yeah. I put another
0: decade on him. But yeah, sure, uh, I mean. sure, sure. Funny thing about Ethan Peck, uh he also played a young Michael Kelso in that 70s show. So, he's been playing younger <laughs> younger <laughs> versions of actors for a long long time. Yeah. Yeah. One actress left, I think on your list, yeah. Uh which would be the young Oh, Miriam Shore. Sorry, I had closed her page. I don't recognize her from anything. Oh, yeah. But just, she plays Miriam Shores in
1: one scene of this movie i don't think yeah. that's not who oh, i was here. talking about but yeah, all right let's talk here about here
0: it. we go here we go here we go bedazzled yeah <laughs> <laughs> sure that's a good movie i'm not making fun of it that's a pretty good movie young kaolin springall yeah i think she does a pretty good job for a child it's, actor i mean i don't know child how old actors, she really is and you
1: know. her character being mute she does a good like and i don't know how much of that is just the director getting the right shot and costuming and lighting and all of that to convey what they need to convey with iris and how much of that is her you know what i mean like i can't because she doesn't have any speaking parts she's sitting there a lot of the time right i don't know she's she's adorable (laughs) like she's an adorable (laughs) little girl (laughs) when something bad's happening i i'm like don't let don't let iris get hurt you know what i mean (laughs) with her oversized coat (laughs) yeah sure (laughs) and just her dislike of
0: peas well i mean yeah nobody likes peas i like peas how dare you this movie runs for 118 minutes so just under the two hour mark and had a 100 million dollar budget and i think probably used every single penny of its 100 million dollar budget pretty well yeah i'd like to talk about the sets yeah let's talk about the sets i definitely know that this This was not filmed in a a space station or a space shuttle, whatever this, or a spaceship, whatever this is, traveling through our solar system. Obviously, you know, because those aren't real for the most part. But I do think it does a pretty good job of convincing the viewer that this is what it might look like. There's a scene where the ship is experiencing uh, ether. The ship ether is experiencing what appears to be some sort of meteor shower or whatever. Uh, They're traveling through space they come across these floating rocks or chunks of ice, whatever they are, and uh, they're bouncing off the hull. And there's uh, you see, it's CGI, but you see the hull deforming mm-hmm. as these meteors are bouncing off. Yeah, uh, and yeah. I, I really, I really, really thought that was cool. Oh yeah, I feel like I, mean, I don't know how realistic it is, but I feel like that would really probably work. Like, that convinced me enough. But, sure, um, sure. And and what I mean by the sets, like, are obviously filmed in a room. They have these big, expansive areas when on the ship with this high ceiling. It's shaped like a pod-ish. Uh, there's mm-hmm. handrails and stairs. You know, you f- you film with the locations that you can film on. I'm not complaining about that. But, um, no, I was really impressed by the sets. Uh, I thought on the, all the sets on Earth were done pretty well. Sure. I actually have a, a fun fact about this movie i mean it comes straight from wikipedia but there's a scene that takes in a blizzard that takes place in a blizzard was filmed with 50 mile an hour winds oh really with temperatures with 40 degrees below celsius so it's kind of neat
1: wow yeah Yeah, no that's uh wow okay (laughs) that's a fun fact for us because we're not we weren't there
0: yeah right (laughs) yeah uh also this movie was filmed in airy Alexa 65 cameras which is the equivalent of 65 millimeter film with the intent on screaming it or streaming screening it in imax but that never happened
1: oh that never happened because of covid covid yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. interesting interesting so Uh, you're talking about the spaceship and and all this and i I do want to say for i've said some nice things about the movie i think we've both said some really nice things about the actors in this movie i agree with you i thought that the that scene with the the whole deforming behind him was really, really cool. Uh, the spaceship itself looks cool from the outside. You know, I liked the, the gravity shift in the middle of it, even though yeah. I, I will say just to, to transition a little bit. The science in this movie is garbage. <laughs> it's it's pretty it's not horrible in an in out loud laughable sort of way, but it's definitely not the focus of the film. And you'd know it's not the focus of the film pretty quickly right for one this takes place in 2049 which i get that it's more relatable especially the flashback scenes being more or less roughly our time maybe a little before actually so just a lot of the technology is only how many years is that 30 ish Mm -hmm. like 28 something like that years ahead like okay cool so like the computer screens look they're real real nice monitors but they're not super advanced and or and they're not super old like they look the part they look really really well Uh, but that on the other hand they have kind of a holodeck type situation going on which i just i was all right and there's a lot of negative space in the spaceship like a lot like they're on the bridge and there's just there's room for like six more people just 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 in that one room it's too it's too big which i guess it's atmospheric but it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense at all let's And do we need to talk about them finding a a moon around Jupiter that somehow you can just walk around on and breathe the air? (laughs) Well, we can. Uh, Okay. I mean...
0: uh, (laughs) It's just... They explain that the moon, K23, which had been previously undiscovered, which... I think probably could happen realistically right nah, because they're finding no. exoplanets all the time nah, in our solar system not around not a moon
1: around Jupiter of that size I don't right, right, I'm right. sorry Yeah. It, that right. scene with him announcing the 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 discovery of the earth like moon around Jupiter is something pulled right from a 1950s 1960s science fiction film where a scientist goes look what I have you know in front of everyone and the whole world Is changed and this is that and blah blah blah. Like it it felt way out of place. Sure, and I get why they didn't do. If they did a real exoplanet, it would have. There would have been a lot of other issues with the technology to get there, with it only being thirty years in the future. So they would have to push it out, and that just has a you know cascading effect on everything. I don't know. Like I said, if you you have to buy into that for the film to work, and as soon as you buy into that, it doesn't matter that there's no delay on the radio from earth to how many ever hundreds of thousands of miles away they are or that he goes to a more powerful antenna that's in the bottom of a valley instead of at the top of a hill i don't know aren't they just pointing at satellites why would they be pointing at different satellites the spacecraft itself being spacious like that actually lends like if they were actually on there for years years and years and years and had more people or left people behind or something that would make more sense so there's just i don't know maybe it's just the script going through different uh different rewrites or they just i suspect it don't didn't care because it doesn't matter because the story itself is not really a science fiction story if that makes sense
0: it's a story about the people
1: exactly exactly
0: i think it's also uh when you talk about how that scene where he's like we've discovered k23 right out of a 50s or 60s science fiction movie. I mean, George was born in 1961, so yeah. um it stands to reason that when he was growing up, he probably read these books or whatever, or you know, they sure. were read to him, what have you. So I'm sure it influenced him a lot.
1: Or I mean, um, I don't know if that scene could be pulled right from.
0: No, but it's a source. It's material. definitely. It's but yeah, no, I get what you're saying. It's definitely a thing where oh, this is something that because it's not all that's i think that's a trope mainly reserved for science fiction or mm-hmm. f- for a lesser extent fantasy but you know science fiction is always like oh here's the answer it was right in front of our eyes the whole time right. we just didn't notice and That's. It.
1: i mean i think it's a common plot point yeah. or plot device in a lot of fiction not just science fiction it's adjacent genres because even in I don't. I'm not. I'm trying to think of a specific example, but just to go broad. Or right, how many movies have we watched in the past year? Where it's like, well, we're invading whatever, or we're at war with whatever made up country. I think it's all kind of the same. I guess the difference is is like is all of those things feel like they could happen because they have happened. While saying, hey, I discovered a planet or a moon that they call a planet a couple of times in the movie around Jupiter that somehow no one else has ever discovered, and it's this special thing. It's like. There's a classic Doctor Who episode where they discover this planet that is in the exact opposite orbit of the sun from Earth.
0: Oh, so they never see it. So they never see it. And (laughs) when they show it
1: on screen, it's literally upside down Earth. Yeah, that's Hmm. that's what this reminded me of. Fair enough. (laughs) I'm going to find a picture of it. Hold on. (laughs) Oh, my goodness.
0: Because I think the term exoplanet is
1: probably wrongfully applied. Yeah, because it's not a planet.
0: Well, because well, an exoplanet is a planet outside of that, the solar system. So it's
1: doubly, <laughs> doubly
0: wrong. Yeah, I guess so, because a, a moon is not a planet, but they're, they are considered planetoids, I think, right? I don't know. Maybe? A minor planet is an astronomical object in orbit, in direct orbit around the sun, so that is neither a planet nor exclusively classified as a comet. So no, I think exoplanet is the wrong term. Huh, good. Uh, two times.
1: <laughs> doubled up on the wrongness there. Here's this planet. Hit me. Look at it. You don't you need to click on that link. <laughs> That's rich. Yeah. But so this is what this film reminded me of. It reminded me of, uh, it's called Mondas or Mondas. What do you mean? There's a, planet that looks just like earth but <laughs> tilted 180 <laughs> degrees on its central axis and it <laughs> orbits just behind the sun mm. you mean there's a planet mm. that somehow isn't irradiated by jupiter where you can just think you can grow wheat and it's got some sort of internal energy and you can breathe the air it's the right nitrogen
0: oxygen carbon
1: dioxide mixture well blah, 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 i mean i mean
0: to be fair, they don't find that out so they get there, <laughs> which is also yeah, strange. Because you know I mean? don't we know the
1: composition of the atmospheres of other planets without visiting them? Like that's something we do now. Why did we have to visit this planet? Be like, yeah, we could totally walk around. Yeah, I don't <laughs> it doesn't know that.
0: make any sense. The sci-fi movie. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I think you're losing the forest for the trees. You no, know, I, I, like I said, um, the,
1: the, <laughs> the, that is not important the the science behind this isn't important i wish they could have found a better way of doing it but i i agree with them trying to i agree with the the decision to make this as not sci-fi as possible to make it as relatable yeah. as possible yeah it just if that makes it sense. just so,
0: happens to be a science fiction movie right it's, but it is it it has little to do with the science or the fiction it's more uh, right. A tale—it's essentially—I don't want to say a tale of two cities, but it really kind of is. Um, really? You get one movie that's two stories they that kind take of come place. together. Yeah. Well, well, they take place, I think, concurrently for the most part. There's some flashbacks or whatever, but for the most part, it happens in quote-unquote real time. Right. So, like, there's n- nothing that happens like to George or Augustine, you know, and then it jumps forward like a week. And now we're dealing with the people on the spaceship. like Like It all happens usually at the same time. In terms of this movie, I thought it uh, was beautiful. Mm -hmm. And apparently a lot of people did because it has been nominated for some satellite awards for Best Cinematography, Best Original Score, Best Art Direction and Production Design, Best Visual Effects, and Best Sound, Mixing and Editing. So it's always strange when that happens, when a movie comes out that isn't quote-unquote good right and we've talked about this before on our podcast where movies can be beautiful and still be bad yeah no absolutely (laughs) so uh but very rarely do those movies like get awards as far as i'm aware do you think 3022 is trying to was trying to rip this movie off at all (laughs) no no Uh, 3022 is telling a different story well the only reason why i say that is because the movies aren't similar enough I don't believe. I think they're. I think the stories are different enough, but like the plot of the people on the spaceship is very similar, right? Where no, they're in space. There's a catastrophe that is that prevents them from returning to Earth, and then they have to go. Where were they going? They were going to one of the other moons of Jupiter. no I don't think it was was Io? Io. (laughs)
1: I don't think it was Io. I think it was the other Uh, one. Europa. Yeah, 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 yeah. Europa. Yeah. We've watched three movies in which people are going to live on the moons of Jupiter. (laughs) And they've used three different moons. And one of them is made up. And one of them is very made up. Yes. (laughs) I do not think this is 3022 Part 2. Or 3022 The Origins. No, I don't think this is related at all. In the... In 3022, they're on a space station. They know right. the Earth is destroyed and they're just sitting out there. Well, in this movie, they're just coming home and they don't know that they're walking into anything bad. They have some bad feelings about it because they can't communicate with anybody on the on Earth. They, so they're, they're in two different places. Also, one of these well, movies no. is good and the other one isn't.
0: What I meant was, I wonder if John Suits was sitting around, found out that George Clooney was <sighs> making this movie, and then was like... <laughs> I'm going to do that. How dare you sully the name (laughs) of Mr. John Suits. He's already made a movie that I have seen, okay? (laughs) So, I'm just saying. Oh, goodness. So, at this point,
1: I want to kind of butcher our flow a little bit here. Okay, hit me. Because I do want to talk to you about the spoilerifics. I do want to talk to you about the ending and some of the twists along the way that we've kind of not touched on. So, before we do that, I do want to say that I feel like this movie is worth the, the price of subscription i'd agree and anyone out there who's interested in watching the film shouldn't listen to the spoilers i think that you should go watch the movie not knowing anything beyond what we've talked about or what's our we you know the blurbs talk about i think that, that you'd be doing yourself a disservice if you if you don't so pause come back in a few hours you know and then come get our opinions And then email us about how we're wrong. And this movie is so much better or worse, as we usually hear, than what we think. All right, that's long enough for everyone to pause and go away. What did you think of the ending of this movie? Are you talking specifically about the twist? Just in general. The twist, the final decisions made by the characters, the whole picture. What did you... Okay. How'd you feel?
0: Well, I'll just go ahead and say it now. Tom Mitchell wins my idiot of the movie award. Oh, okay. And I get why he does the thing that he does because spoilers: Ether returns to Earth. They, they did find you just it give a spoiler
1: is... warning after I just told everyone? To leave oh, yeah. and Come back.
0: Well, <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> sure.
0: They look at Earth and it is covered in this kind of green, brown, yellow haze, which is, I guess, ionizing radiation. Which yeah, I didn't catch what as it as was. Aware, I, I thought it was just bad air. Yeah, uh, as far as I'm aware, ionizing radiation is the one that will kill you very quickly. Yeah. I think it's it's one of the ones you have to use Geiger counters for because you can't see it, smell it, taste it, touch it or whatever. He gets a message that his wife sent him 10 days ago, which is a few days. The movie begins three weeks after the event pops up on the screen while Augustine's sitting down eating what I assume is some kind of cereal. And his wife says, we're being evacuated. Our boys are sick. You know, I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on. And then he pretty much is like, "No, I need to return to Earth because I need to, I need to go find my family." Well, that's dumb.
1: Okay. You, because they're dead. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. He, they did. He did say that like there were people underground, but that was just temporary,
0: right? Still.
1: But as a quick aside, I, I love that they didn't say where the radiation came from. We didn't even really know it was radiation, not just uh, several other things that could have been. In fact, I didn't really realized it was radiation until i was i was researching the movie and it says so in several uh like in the plot breakdowns like i was like oh i didn't i had no idea i knew it was some sort of poison or something uh i like that they didn't do that i'm going to hard disagree with you thinking that mitchell is the idiot of the movie i completely understand what future is there for him on k23 life yeah that's it you know <laughs> or maybe being with his family one last time you know keeping promises seeing his kids maybe maybe not but everybody at the end of this movie has some sort of hope even though everything's going to end horribly everyone has a little bit of hope and they're just pushing on with that which i really appreciated him uh and uh, the other guy's name who goes with him sanchez, sanchez. do do, do, do yeah. sanchez Yeah, he's like, I don't have anything else to do. He wants to take Maya down. Maya uh, died along the way. And he's just like, I'm going to help him finish this because I don't have anything else to do. Right. The couple who have a kid on the way, they're like, no, we're going to go back to this planet and live there and have our kid who will be the last living human. Apparently So there's a nihilist argument there somewhere for them not doing that because what are they giving their child?
0: But nothing. Right. Well, at the beginning, those people that are being evacuated, aren't they being evacuated to go to K-23? They were just being evacuated to leave
1: so they could be with their families, is what they talk about. They mention on the spaceship that there were supposed to be colonists of some sort. I believe they used the word colonists going to K-23, but they haven't been able to contact that ship either. So my understanding is that that ship never left. Whatever the disaster happened and they weren't able to actually leave and go.
0: That's a lot of people for this scientific research base and i don't think they would have kids there
1: i don't know i don't know enough kid could have been visiting i mean i i don't know it looked rather large i think they were getting on a thing right we're getting on a helicopter
0: Hmm.
1: and of course augustine george clooney's character we find out that aether was not just some random group of people that he was trying to keep that he was like i'll go save them as my last thing before i die it was a very deliberate piece he was giving something to the next generation if you will. So everyone's doing different things knowing that it's not going to end well but they're doing what they feel is is right and best and I don't know there's that little bit of, kind of hope to it. So I just yeah. so I hard disagree I don't think we've ever, I've ever hard disagreed with your idiot of the movie. I've disagreed I mean, for
0: sure but I, I'm just I don't know like I, I can't put myself in his position because I've never been in that position. Oh yeah for sure. That being said if I was given the choice between Life and death. <laughs> I would almost sure. always choose life.
1: Um, oh, so. yeah, I, I understand. I understand. I guess what I'm disagreeing is that I would probably also choose life. I would probably also go I'm like, "Oh, cool, I'll leave." Like that. But I, I guess I don't <laughs> think he's an idiot for choosing otherwise. I don't think he's wrong for choosing otherwise. It's just a very different motivation.
0: That's fair. It's absolutely fair. I did enjoy the head fake at the very beginning when there's this lady running around yeah. looking for her kid.
1: I said out loud after that lady was looking around for her kid, and they were like, No, she left earlier. She'll meet you, blah, blah, blah. I was like, That kid's still on the base somewhere. <laughs> I She's knew here, it. I know it. She's in the walls. <laughs> uh- <laughs> They're everywhere. <laughs> no, yeah, that was great. That was a great fake out. Yeah. So, so let's talk
0: about it. How did you feel about the twist? So, the twist that we're specifically referring to, if you still are listening, And you haven't seen this movie for whatever reason and are still listening. The young girl Iris that Augustine encounters, lives with, for lack of a better term, for a couple days, maybe a week or two. Her name is Iris. Iris just happens to be the name of Commander Sullivan, who is one of the astronauts.
1: Yeah, we didn't get her name at all. They call her Sully the whole time. They
0: just call her Sully, yeah. As it turns out, Gene Sullivan is the name of her mother, who is the scientist that, I guess, befriends and conceives a child with Augustine. And the young girl, Iris, is essentially a hallucination. Yeah. It's got to be a side effect of, like, the drugs and the isolation and the loneliness or his treatment or whatever. But the young hallucination, Iris, essentially acts as, I don't want to say a moral compass, but, like, a carrot on a stick, kind of. I, I don't know what the exact metaphor is because she's what drives him to leave he's on this base he's surrounded by this radiation it's getting closer and closer and closer he knows that he's going to die if he stays at the base but he still wants to communicate with ether because his daughter is on there which we find out at the end of the movie that he knows that she's his daughter. So that's fun. He is talking to her and he's like, I, I got to get a stronger satellite. I got to go to Lake Heisen? Hazen. I don't, so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I I realized there was a problem when he loses her in the storm. And then she just appears out of nowhere. Yeah. I didn't realize it was a hallucination. But I was like, eh, something's not right. But no, in terms of the twist, I thought it was great. I teared up a little bit. Yeah. I felt, I felt, some, got, emotions. felt got some, some emotions. Felt some tears in my eyes. Yeah.
1: For sure. Yeah. No, I thought the ending was pretty good. And yeah. I liked the twist. I liked the twist quite a bit. And I liked Iris being mute for all. But she has one line in the movie in which she which has it, a British accent. It, but it turns. into it's but in then, a dream. Yeah. yeah. It turns out it's a dream. Which is it? Is it not? Because <laughs> she's a hallucination. <laughs> so that's bearing. So it's like, oh, well, Sullivan's also. British, but so are a billion other people. Maybe not a billion, but so are millions of other people. They have different eye colors, small things to try to throw you off. But at the end of the day, he's only ever seen her as that little girl from afar one time. They show in a flashback. Um, So it's not going to be a perfect replica. No, I thought it was a really great, really great twist. I was really wondering where they were going with this. I like that it kind of puts more perspective on him looking up that ship. He wasn't looking for any ship that was out there, any satellite or Whatever. He was looking for that one.
0: He tries to contact a list of them because there's a scene where where he pulls up a
1: list and they're all evacuated
0: or decommissioned or destroyed or whatever. Yeah, they're just there's no response. And then he gets to that one eventually. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, that's the way it's played out. But I I, looking back, I think he was looking for that one
0: because he knew that his
1: daughter he'd never met was on that ship. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hmm.
1: I'm glad you liked it. I teared up a bit. And the ending so incredibly well shot. They're on the radio together until they, they lose each other. Augustine walks outside without any protection. He he lost his um dial. It's a dialysis his, machine. Yeah, right? I was going to say, I was going to try to use a different word, but his dialysis machine. It, once he stopped treatments, he was told that he only had like about a week to live anyways. And he's some days into that. Plus, this radiation's coming up. So he's, no, he's going to die moments after the ending here. Sullivan and uh, Commander Adew- Adewall. They are on these big panels in the spaceship, basically the cockpit of this spacecraft, and they are clicking buttons and the credits start rolling. It's just this nice wide shot and they're just continuing. They're just pushing forward and the music with showing them just working and eventually one walks off and goes up. The other one walks off and goes down uh, as they're they're doing things. I thought it was just incredibly well done, like that transition, that ending, incredibly well shot on top of being a, a pretty interesting story. I will say, I really hate the way that Wikipedia puts the plot in chronological order. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I mean, yeah, I guess. But if you were just like, let me check out what this is so I can get some more information on it. It gives the plot in an order and it lists Cowan Springall as young Iris. <laughs> so it like kind of <laughs> gives it away. Sorry, right. that's an aside. No, I really enjoyed it. I highly recommend. It's going on the, the recommend list for
0: sure. So did you see... During that scene when he's going through the the missions or whatever, did you actually like stop and like look at any of them? No, no, I didn't pause it. It's a two hour long movie, man. I didn't pause it. For sure. For sure. So there's a couple cool ones. A lot of these are, they're not necessarily like missions that like have people on them because I think they're, a lot of them are survey or research or whatever, but like if you can look them up, there's one from India called Chandra 4, which Chandrayaan 3 is an actual thing they're lunar missions planned by the indian space research organization oh okay and so that's cool like i saw that and i kind of stopped and i, I looked it up even more there's like a that's a russian one which i thought was kind of cool there's a french one pegasi pegasus do or pegasi do i'm assuming that's supposed to be pegasus 2 Mm. It's a it's a common name for French ships, Pegasus, I guess. Okay. Uh, But then there's like uh, GeoFen, Jason, Landsat, SWAT, Terra. There's a lot of U.S. missions on here because I think the U.S. Uh, still has a U.S. space program. Number one in space, (laughs) bro. Number (laughs) one in space.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, it was pretty neat that like they they seem to have fairly. I don't want to say accurate because I don't know anything about these or whatever. But um, like, as it shows what the type of. Like what the type of the the mission is because a lot of these say satellite, but then there's like ether which is, just says ship S H P. So I'm guessing that stands for ship. But there's one that's P R B. Yeah. I don't know what that Probe. means. Probe. Yeah, something like that. I'm not, I'm not sure. But no, I thought it was really. I thought it was really neat. The attention to detail is is pretty commendable for sure. We've talked about it in the past how it's the the details that make or break a movie. When he's looking at the crew manifest for ether like it shows like their date of birth where they're from their height their weight their blood type uh (laughs) so we got sullivan she's the communications officer she has the bachelor's master's and doctorate in astro science she weighs 163 pounds and her blood type is o positive and she was born on august 8 or i'm sorry august 30th 2007 so like the fact that they even bothered to like right into that stuff like right I that oh was for sure cool. for sure that's really really cool so as we said earlier this movie is based on a 2016 novel called good morning midnight which if you click on it doesn't actually have anything any yeah. sort of information nope it just says in an interview with a chicago review of books brooks dalton explained that one of her inspirations was exploring gender roles in parenthood and the differences between how men and women feel guilt over the abandonment of their children.
1: Yeah, I didn't get any of that from so. this
0: movie. So, Well, I mean, there's there's some definite guilt. Like, I mean, there's obvious... Oh, obvious, obviously. Like, but
1: like not yeah. not from the different genders
0: or what have you. Right, right, right. I, I mean, because I think that's all pushed to the side for the most part, because we're, I think George was only really looking for the like the science fiction portion of it or whatever. Yeah. I'd be interested in reading that book. Maybe. Yeah, I, I was so. thinking the same. So, yeah.
1: Mm. All right, man, I don't have anything else. I'm not going to give an idiot of the movie. I just don't have one. Did you, you really, <laughs> you want to stick with Mitchell or do you want to, uh,
0: I mean, like, yeah. Okay. Re- I mean, really? I, I,
1: I, no, 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 that's I fine. Just, I'm
0: not, I'm not begrudging you. I'm not taking away your right I, to I mean, be. The only, the only other person it could be is the person who decided that they were going to try an experiment. Uh, Cause we don't know. <laughs> we don't know what, what causes yeah. the, the ionizing radiation, but Augustine says, you know, we, I think he says something to the effect. We tried to fix it and we don't know if it was an accident
1: to, or if it was done on purpose. And then, yeah, we tried right, to fix right, right. it. And yeah,
0: but so whoever's idea it was for that, they win my idiot of the movie. I'll agree with that one, <laughs> which does um, allow us to stop, take a moment and just uh, ask ourselves a question. Who is Kelsey Grammer? Kelsey Grammer is young Augustine.
1: No, I don't know who Kelsey Grammer is uh, besides just another member of the ship or the crew. He doesn't fit in this movie. I honestly don't. I don't even I don't have anything for this
0: bit. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I feel like if it hadn't have been George, he could have been Augustine. Sure.
1: If it hadn't have been George.
0: Right. Yeah. But That's the problem. It's his it's his movie
1: and I wouldn't replace George Clooney even if it wasn't his movie.
0: Yeah, and I feel like he's too old to be any of the, the people on the ship. Yep. I mean, maybe he could have been in a flashback, young Augustine talking at that seminar, and he could be the person he's talking to when Dr. Sullivan rolls up on him. And what's the question she asks him? Because she, I think she says something like, is it a cold are you a serious book? I think is what she
1: says to him. I don't know, It's something along the lines of how if she if he's just full of crap or not. Like how much of this is fantasy and how much of this is? Well, do you actually? I think believe she in? asks.
0: Yeah, she asks him. Was that at Oxford? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and then he corrects
1: her and says he's from Michigan.
0: <laughs> well, I mean that's where he went to college. <laughs> that's right, right, what right, right. Say, right, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, but he is talking to an old man. Yeah, that could have been Kelsey Grammar, So Sure.
1: Uh, I don't, I don't think Kelsey Grammer deserves That's to fine. be in this movie. Right, there you go.
0: That's fair. I mean, feel free to cut it if you want. You know I don't cut content. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just... Um, I just threaten you all the time. I would. This is a movie that I would recommend. Not only do I think it's worth the price of subscription, I think it's a good enough science fiction movie. It's approachable. It's PG-13. You could probably watch this with your kids and feel good about it. There's, there's some only- intense scenes, for sure. Well, Very there's intense. only one... I think there's only one scene that you might hesitate, but for the most part, I think this is a movie that you can watch with your family and not feel bad about it. So I, I wouldn't watch it with the young kids this is way too intense. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. All right. Well, look, man, they got to be exposed to the harsh reality of the world that we live on a small floating ball of rock and water and air, and it can be taken away from us at any time. <sighs> Cherish the moments with your family. It, yeah.
1: Your yeah. <laughs> that's the lesson here. Children. <laughs> On that note, if you have other movie suggestions or you just want to share your opinions for us to share or not, you can reach out to us through email, sci-fiwiseguys at gmail.com. We're also all over social media, Twitter, we're at B underscore Roll Podcast. Instagram, we're sci guys. We also have a Facebook group, the B-Roll Podcast group. You can hit us up any any place, anytime. We'll probably respond because we are starved for attention. That's why we started this whole thing. (laughs) We'd appreciate if you would uh, give us that five-star review on iTunes. Give us the follow, the like, the subscribe, whatever it is on your particular podcasting platform of choice to be notified whenever new episodes come out and uh, help support us that way. The biggest way you can support the podcast, if you do want to support it, is to share us. Share us with your friends. Share us with your enemies. Because everyone deserves to hear our opinions.
0: And if you really, really like our podcast so much that you share it, you like it, you subscribe, you review, and everything, and you just gotta go that extra mile. Feel free to swing on by patreon.com forward slash b underscore roll. Uh, you get kind of behind the scenes like footage, audio, you Content. know, little snippets, yeah, stuff we call out of pod. Really, anything that can't make it into the podcast because it's either not relevant, not appropriate. Uh, but you also get access to episodes early, Patreon exclusive polls anything that you do decide to patronize us with goes directly towards supporting the podcast yep just want to say uh, thanks again everyone for listening stay healthy stay hydrated and remember that you are loved by the hosts and the community of this podcast bye thanks guys
1: far as the blood type thing i learned that in japan like your blood type is it's kind of like a uh, like astrology in america people like use your blood type to to figure out like what type of person you are i guess which is mm. why like a lot of video games in the 90s that came from japan the characters in the extended fiction or in the game manuals or whatever had blood types i don't know i don't think that's relevant i just you know
0: no, no, I, I think I was just talking about. Yeah, because I've seen it like, um, doesn't it happen in Street Fighter? Street Fighter, Final Fantasy, yeah. When you're like hovering over a character, like to select them, it actually shows their blood type. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Hmm.